a moment too soon. Good times for you and me. Gabba-dabba-doo. You're keeping good company with W-A-T-H. Have I remembered to do that the last few Fridays? Somehow or other, that yabba-dabba-doo thing became a tradition uh, just right here on this program. Anyway, I did it today. I've got some new grass planted, and uh, certainly these rains are going to help it. On the other hand, I need a day to mow. I, I think that's going to be on Sunday. Scott, let's talk about Mother's Day traditions. What uh, what traditions are there in your family? Uh, usually we have uh, gone to have a dinner somewhere mm-hmm. or we get together with the uh, ladies who are mothers in our family and have a dinner at home, home prepared uh, meal like that with those gathering around. We honor the mothers. Do the guys do the cooking? In our family. Uh, my brother does a lot of it, yes. Yeah. My brother Larry. He well, is, we're aren't, we're very supposed good at to uh, give them the day off. Let them relax and yes. enjoy things. So having the idea of um, Mother's Day dinner at a home and having Mom cook it, <laughs> it just doesn't seem right for some reason. Yeah, which I'm sure it happens, yeah. though. But, uh, yeah. How about you? What will you be doing? <sighs> well, again, my family's so spread out right now. And uh, people are still very conscious of social oh, distancing. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, we've had two vaccines. We've had two boosters. Or have we had a third? No, two. Like two. No. Okay. Um, we take... Um, Oh, those nasal swabs and uh, those little tests maybe every, every few weeks. And, you know, we're just very um, conscious of being careful. On the other hand, we're not going to just dry up and blow away. Right. You know? um, we go out to dinner. We enjoy mixing it up with a few friends that feel the same way that, that we do. They're careful, but not um, over the top. Anyway, so oh, let's good. see here. So like, um, well, like Saturday night is the annual, and they haven't done this for a while, the annual Dairy Barnes Art Auction. And, uh, I think Alfonso is uh, cooking uh, food for that. Um, who's a famous chef with the country club and all. 
used to be up with hockey. Um, so it's a dinner and entertainment and then this auction, right? And uh, it's, it's a really cool event. So we're going to go to that Saturday night. And it's fun. At a really cool place. The Dairy Bar. Yeah. Yeah. And so, <coughs> um, I need to call out to um, Bruce at the Country Club and see if they have an opening for a Sunday meal. And I think it'll probably just be Pat and myself. All right. But that's a pleasant thing. Sure. Anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. Uh, today's May 6th. Um, let's see, today is National Nurses Day. My, oh, my, they've, they've had their hands full in the last couple of years, oh haven't they? Yes, where would we be without them? Mm-hmm. And that's true at um, long care facilities and, and uh, elderly facilities and everything. Long care? Long, long care, yeah. long-term health care facilities. Thank gotcha. You. Yep, that's what I meant to say. I thought you were back to mowing again. Well, I wish I could. <laughs> I love to mow, as most people know out there. Um, but National Nurses Day. It's National Beverage Day today. They're not being very specific, so it could be any number of things. Yep. National Space Day, National Military Spouse Appreciation Day. That's a good one. Yeah. They don't get the recognition that they should get. A lot of times I've mentioned them on holiday shows that I do here, you know, Memorial Day, uh, Veterans Day, things like that, where we honor our service women and men. And also honor the spouses who travel and give up a lot of what they have to be with the ones who are serving our country. For instance, I've talked about mom traveling with dad when he was uh, doing his military service. Yes. And uh, they were at a couple different Army bases. And, you know, they get a lot of times back in the day they went unrecognized. And... Uh, you know, now it's both women and men who are the military spouses. You know, um, oh, I see what you mean, yes. But it, it, it is a, it should be a wonderful experience. Now, you know, I'm going to tell you my story, and of Everybody out there is going to say, well, of course, that was a wonderful experience. But, uh, you know, I got drafted. I, did, I had no idea where I was going to be assigned. After I got through with all my training, my assignment was Sink Pack, which is in Honolulu. Barb and I married um, just before we shipped out, and off we went to Hawaii. We had a wonderful time. 
I did important things. She got a good job. We loved the islands. While there, we met another couple who became our very finest friends. Now I'm married to her. <laughs> but uh, People are out there going, well, no, isn't that cozy? Yeah, well, don't misunderstand it. There was nothing <laughs> fuzzy about it. Um, it's just l- years later, we both found ourselves to be single. And we hooked up. And now, let's see, what year did we get married? I forget, but we're in our 20 or so years. Maybe 30. Oh, well. Um, National Military Spouse Appreciation Day. That's cool. Okay, National Provider Appreciation Day. What do you think? Are we talking about someone that's in... um, Long care nursing. Yeah, yeah, that could be a lot of things. You know, head of a household. National provider appreciation. Health care. Um, things like that. So we'll we'll go here with this. It's also known as National Child Care Provider Day. Okay. Annually celebrated on the Friday before Mother's Day. Hey. This special day recognizes child care providers, teachers, and other educators of young children everywhere. Well, that might have helped us a lot if they could have put in the child word. Yes. All righty. Well, that's a good one. That is. Um, let's see. You know, that, that makes me think of the Athens County Children's Services. Of course. Here locally, too, that do so many nice things. And a lot of times people only have a tendency to think of the children at Christmas time, which is a good thing. They just put out that annual display of, uh, what are those, twirly things? The pinwheels? Yeah, pinwheels. And um, one represents every child that they've assisted. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing, the staff and volunteers there. I mean, you know, these kids are there, and I've said this during the Christmas season. They have no family like most of us grew up with. You know, a, a traditional family like a mother, a father, siblings or whatever the family makeup is in today's society. But, I mean, they have nothing. They were moved into the system, and they're being cared for by providers there. And, uh, you know, something to think about all year round instead of just at Christmas when we we do nice things, yes, to donate money, uh, gifts, to them, like the wish trees and things like that, too, and donate directly to children's services. So, yeah, nice, One of the nice thing there. That we have done, not so much recently, but we used to, was just invite them over for Sunday dinner. Some children, some young people. And, um, you know, that was nice. Okay, well, yes. <clears throat> we got two more things to mention here as far as what today is. Today, May 6th. So, let's see. We got School Lunch Hero Day. And I don't think they're talking about hero like the sandwich. <laughs> um, or Batman or Superman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It is dedicated to those men and women who make cafeterias and the schools a better place to be. And they say, what was your favorite school lunch? And do you remember the smiling faces who served it to you? Yes, I certainly do remember those wonderful ladies. I knew the, many of them by name. Yes, likewise. At, uh, well, the high school particularly. Junior high and high school, and would speak to them. And they knew my name. Yes. Not because I was some sort of bad guy. You you stood out in the crowd, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> okay, and the last thing we have to mention is National Crepe Suzette Day. Mm. So there we go. Good stuff. French dessert right there. A sauce drizzled on uh, pastry, sauce made of, uh, what is it, sugar well, and butter, and it's mixed together with a little orange juice or tangerine juice, I'm guessing maybe mango, and then it's lit on fire uh, yeah. due to the flaming of the liqueur right. that is mixed in with it too, and then uh, top it with a dollop of your favorite ice cream. Well, let's um, let's uh, do our historical events as we often do when we don't have a guest, and we try to particularly keep Mondays and Fridays open for just these kind of discussions. But sometimes we can only get the guest on that date, so that's when we make an exception. Anyway, so on this day in history. And again, the day, May 6th. In the year 1626, Dutch colonist Peter Minuit, M-I-N-U-I-T, he organizes the purchase of Manhattan Island from Native Americans for 60 guilders worth of goods. Believed to have been... Um, Sea Indians of the Lenape. Lenape. Okay, 60 guilders worth of goods. Kind of makes me wonder. Are we talking about $4.36 or what? Uh, adjusted to present day value, 60 guilders would be the equivalent of more than $1,000. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, um, they. This was the purchase of the island of Manhattan for the equivalent of twenty-four dollars worth of beads and trinkets. <laughs> the sixty guilders. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen forty. We go to next the world's first adhesive postage stamp, the penny black. Is first used in Great Britain. 1889, Exposition Universelle that occurred at the, uh, what's with my phone today? The same outfit keeps calling me. The Exposition Universelle at the World's Fair in Paris opens with the recently completed Eiffel Tower serving as the entrance arch. We have a very small, well, I mean, it's a foot tall, 
iron sculpture. Replica. Replica. That's really neat. And uh, son Paul and first wife Gwen were married under the Eiffel Tower. And that's uh, how it is we had that uh, memento, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <coughs> that's pretty, right. pretty cool. Hey, incidentally, back to uh, the sale of Manhattan. Okay. You want to know the land value of it today? <laughs> it was yeah, bought, sure. Go ahead. bought for 24 bucks, according to yeah. folklore. Yeah. The la- Manhattan's land value today is one point seven four trillion yeah. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkable. Talk about inflation. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay, let's That's see. That's according this, uh, to Bloomberg, anyway. In nineteen thirty seven, the German airship Hindenburg, right? Explodes. It does so. Uh, I've, I've seen pictures of it, big flames and all, at Lakehurst, New Jersey. I've seen film yeah. of that, too. I'm sure many people have, and not many people notice the some of the people on board jumping from the dirigible. 35 of the 97 on board were killed. I think it's amazing that many survived, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There was also someone on the ground who was killed. Nineteen forty-one, Joseph Stalin becomes premier of the Soviet Union, replacing um, his foreign minister Molotov. Interesting that later on we had an item named a Molotov cocktail. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see here. Famous birthdays. Kind of all over the place here. Rudolph Valentino. An actor, right? Yes. Born in 1895 on this date. Died in 1926. Rodolfo Alfonso Raffaello Pierre Filiberto Guglielmi di Valentina di Anton Guala, known professionally as Rudolph Valentino. That's much easier. Holy cow. Yes. Is that serious? That is right there. Serious. Yes. So if he had to sign a lease... Or some sort of legal document, he would have had to... How many names were in there? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He would have to turn the page to a landscape version of that I instead guess. of the portrait. Rudolph Valentino. Size. Known professionally as Rudolph Valentino, was nicknamed the Latin Lover it was an Italian actor based in the United States. And some of his works 
include The Sheik, The Son of the Sheik from 1926, Blood and Sand from 1922, and uh, Beyond the Rocks also from 1922. And let's see, trying to find some more popular ones. Uh, The Conquering Power, A Sainted Devil, Camille, and uh, Cobra from 1925. And um, his lifetime, not very long. Not very. Nope. 31 years. Yep. Okay, now, Maximilian Robespierre. <clears throat> Robespierre. Um, born in 1758, died in 1794. He was a French lawyer and statesman who became one of the best known and most influential figures of the French Revolution. His height, five foot three inches. What's what's their point in mentioning that? I was just thinking about... I'm 5'5", five, five, what? I was just thinking about he was a Frenchman, correct? Okay. Wasn't uh, Napoleon a Frenchman as well? Oh, I would hope so. And so I'm just wondering if maybe... The French are shorter? They were a little bit uh, vertically challenged, <laughs> as we say, that these people of... Uh, celebrity or or uh, leadership positions were vertically challenged. I suppose I just that made me think of that about Napoleon when I noticed they list the height of people. Well, all I know is um, if they had a time period of that somewhere in France. Okay, let's move on. Willie Mays, 91st birthday today. The Say Hey Kid. Yeah. That was his nickname. There's a great picture of him here. He's got this great smile and expression and just joyful. I'll tell you what, he was a beautiful player, too, just as as beautiful smile is showing there in all of these pictures. He was... One of my all-time favorite players to watch. And he could do it all. 91st birthday today. Wow. I had the pleasure of seeing him play as a kid in uh, the old Crosley Field. George Clooney is also celebrating a birthday today, the actor. 61st birthday. Isn't he from Cincinnati? You know, I don't know. I I do believe. Google it. I want to say. George Timothy Clooney is an American actor and filmmaker. He is the recipient of numerous accolades, including a British Academy Film Award, four Golden Globe Awards, and two Academy Awards, one for his acting and the other as a producer. In 2018, he was the recipient of the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award. He was born in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Well, that's close enough to Cincinnati. Yeah, I think maybe maybe his mother or yeah, somebody like, like that. that. Sure. His parents, Nick Clooney and Nina Bruce Warren. 
Okay, two famous deaths to mention. One is Alexander von Humboldt. Um, he was born in 1769, but he died on this date in 1859. I need a spelling of the last name. Well, the von, V-O-N, and then Humboldt, H-U-M-B-O-N. L-D-T. Friedrich Wilhelm Heinrich Alexander von Humboldt. How was that? Was a German polymath. That accent was pretty remarkable. Geographer, naturalist, explorer, and proponent of romantic philosophy and science. He was the younger brother of the Prussian minister, philosopher, and linguist Wilhelm von Humboldt. So, in a word, what was he? Um, I no, was there, I was distracted. A for few a words. He was a German geographer, naturalist, okay. explorer, okay. and proponent of romantic philosophy and science. And the last person we have to mention on these uh, birthdays, deaths, and things like that. Um, I mean, she's attractive, but I've never thought she was quite up to. Her reputation of being beautiful. Marlene Dietrich. D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H. She was born in 1901, died in 1992 on this date. Marie Magdalene Marlene Dietrich was a German-born American actress and singer. Her career spanned from the 1910s to the 1980s. Wow. In 1920s Berlin, Dietrich performed on the stage and in silent films. Some of her films include The Blue Angel of 1930, Morocco of 1930, Witness for the Prosecution, 1957, and in 1952, Rancho Notorious. She was also in the Shanghai Express in 1932. Well, we have a caller. Good morning. Good morning. I listened to the sports talk show recently, and I was amazed at the uh, narrator, I mean the MC of it. He's very lively and great, and I just wondered where you got him and if you could bring him on for an uh, interview. Um, yeah, and I was listening to his show last night, too. Yeah, he didn't do something else? He is uh, the head of athletics at Hawking College. Well, I'll be darned. And he is he temporarily filling in this position? No, he he, away? he reached out to us. He had been. He kept talking about being in Dubai for seven years. Yeah, a sportscaster yeah. over there. That's right. He loves it. He just um, has a nice way about him, and he enthusiastic and fun to listen to. And I thought, where'd you get him? Yeah, Ross Christ is his name. What's his name? Ross Christ, like Christ without an H. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I think he'd make a great interview. Yeah, sure. And, I mean, and we like, can do that easier during the summertime here. Yeah. Was he going to be even there during when students come back? Yes. I, I thought one reason he's... I mean, uh, you know, unless something happens, but uh, no, he's part of our gang now. 
Well, he's a very impressive member because I thought, geez, he sounds for professional or something like that more mm-hmm. than the students were. But there I, I think um, he had somebody on last night with him. I guess that was a student. He has a lot of of contacts internationally. Yeah, and just the way he expresses himself, and he yeah. talked to. Uh, and we've had some interesting guests on the air since he joined us. Uh, guests from far away. Right, and he had the voice of the Bobcats on the other night, and asked him a lot of questions, and, and that was a great conversation. And I just thought, are, are we talking about Russ Eisenstein? Yes, okay. Russ was. Russ is something else, too. But even the way he interviewed him was very unique. So I was just saying, listen to Sports Talk, folks. It's worth it. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought it out, and it's uh, 6 to 7 p.m. weeknights. Right. Unless it's... um, Cut off by a game or something. Right, exactly. Okay, thank you. you, I'm glad he reached out to you guys because he makes it enjoyable. Well, I, I, it's good to hear the feedback. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 970 WETH. Um, yeah, Ross is uh, uh, a faculty member at Hocking College and also a part of the administration. And uh, he teaches uh, sports administration, if you want to call it that. <coughs> Sport management. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. And um, I'm just curious. Speak for a minute while I'm doing something. Okay. Uh, Speaking of sports, uh, the Reds continue their slide once again to do a sports update here quickly. Uh Uh, Boy, oh, boy, they dropped another one in Milwaukee last night. But hopefully – you know, maybe they'll play a little better at home tonight as they host the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, I think first pitch is at 7:10, which means we will go on the air at 6:40 here on 970 WATH. So uh, we got to stick with the Reds, even though right. they are having a little trouble right now. And uh, hopefully, as the scripture says, this too shall pass. Some people are already asking me. <laughs> When do the Bengals start? <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> well, we got to do the Reds some of first. that, of course, is our our personal connection. Oh, to of the course, Reds with the uh, the Burroughs family. Yes, of course. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the hard news for a little bit. Um, I've got uh, one report here. And it's for today. And their lead topic is the pandemic death toll. Almost 15 million deaths have been directly or indirectly caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. According to a new estimate from the World Health Organization yesterday. The report measures a metric known as excess deaths, the number of deaths above what would be um, statistically expected under normal circumstances during a given year. 
Officials say the analysis paints a more holistic portrait of the virus's impact, including increased overdose deaths, deaths by suicide, and more. Also accounted for is underreporting by numerous governments. For context, the current reported death toll directly attributed to the coronavirus is about six and a quarter million. That's according to Johns Hopkins University, which is, of course, less than half of the estimated excess death total. In the U.S., new cases have doubled in the past month to just over 60,000 per day, though the figure remains the lowest since last summer. Daily deaths have jumped to over 550 per day after remaining under 400 per day for the past two weeks. I'm going to stop for a second. Folks, you know I brought in a daily report for, for two years. And then it became known that some of these daily reports that I would access, some were from the state, some were from the federal government, other sources, and decided they no longer needed to update them on a daily basis. They would just update them on a weekly basis or something like that, less often anyway. And I still followed him for a little while, but pretty soon it was, I didn't have the same types of figures to compare to that I had been accustomed to during the two-year period. They did them every day. So it's been, what, three months since I did one of those here? Could be. Yeah. But this is kind of a, a speaking to that. Um, I do have a caller. Let's see if this pertains to this or something else. Good morning. It does pertain to this uh, and your news program this morning and perhaps even last evening. They referred to the uh, one-dose uh, COVID uh, vaccination. Uh, you, They don't want to give that to you unless they have to because... Uh, of the blood clots that have been um, found. If you, if there's no other availability of, say, a Pfizer or Moderna, or I don't know if there's any other kinds. In Europe, there's different kinds. Uh, but the J&J, because of its uh, history of uh, blood clots, and I think a uh, pretty high percentage of those blood clots in the people kill those people. So they don't want to do that unless that's a last resort. But, you know, a lot of people will do the J&J because they, they're scared of vaccinations period or they don't you know <laughs> they okay. don't want to get the shot i used to know more about this than i do now it was in your news uh, uh maybe in your news bear, now. bear with me for a minute sure, is, go ahead. is the johnson and johnson one shot it is a shot yes it's a shot one shot okay um this will really sound odd but my 
former daughter-in-law is the head of it for J&J. I've not... I've been surprised that the J&J thing has been not used as much as the others because I, I, I keep that company in pretty high standing. But um, this blood clot thing you're saying is an issue, right? That is correct, and that doesn't sound odd. You know, you've mentioned Gwen before. Mm-hmm. Um, you even remembered your name, huh? Or did <laughs> I say it today, too? Yeah. Well, you know... You, you've you've made reference to her, and, and, and she's a loved person for you, and so, you know, it's somebody who... Well, she's a former daughter-in-law. No, but <laughs> she's still... Yeah. She's the mother of your grandchild, so, right. you know, um, she's a loved person as well. I mean, you have nothing to do with any of that other. That just is in life, and people yeah. do that. And <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, all I know is 52 years is a long time for me. <laughs> 52 years is a long time. No. What does that mean? That, that means marriage, 52 years. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I time. get it. That's cool. It's That's... a long time. Okay. <laughs> it's a long time. It's a long time. Okay. Um, and strange things happen you, to you in 52 years, um, well, living sure. here in Athens as well. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, the um, I'll go through a little more of this well, report I appreciate here. you bringing that on board and telling us stuff because, sure. you know, we don't have any other way to know. So thanks very much. You bet. Thank you. Bye. All right, so um, I had already read this, but um, just to get back into it, in the U.S., new cases have doubled in the past month to just over 60,000 cases per day, though the figure remains the lowest since last summer. Daily deaths have jumped to over 550 per day, after remaining under 400 per day for the past two weeks. Now, from here on is new. In related news, U.S. health officials limited the use of the single-dose Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine after rare but but statistically significant blood clotting issues that led to roughly one death for every two million doses administered. Okay. One death for every two million... You know what I mean? Yeah, but... uh, And, you know, the, the numbers and the percentage of that are what they are, but... People are thinking, I don't want to be that one person and whatever the number was, too. So, I mean, that's just the human nature, I think, of us saying, okay, there's not that many, but I don't want to be part of that many. So. The story goes on. A modified pig heart used in a groundbreaking but ultimately unsuccessful surgery in January was found to have been infected with an animal virus. That was only revealed yesterday by researchers. Nothing to do with the COVID stuff. They go on in the next paragraph. Dave Bennett, who who is 57 
was near death when he underwent the xenotransplantation or cross-species operation. The donor heart became, I'm sorry, the donor heart came from a one-year-old pig that had been genetically modified to remove a sugar molecule common to most mammals known as the alpha-gal, which typically causes organ, organ rejection. Bennett swiftly recovered from the surgery, but his health deteriorated. Jeez. But his health deteriorated. Okay. Here we go. I lost my place. After about six weeks, and he passed away after two months. The findings suggest Bennett's de- death may not have been linked to the procedure itself. The operation marked the culmination of decades of research, potentially opening a new source for organ transplants. Right now, there are more than 100,000 Americans listed on transplant lists. They go on to say, and 6,000 patients on those lists die each year while waiting. Well, okay, let's see here. Oh, shucks, we only have three minutes left. Yes, we're heading up to the top of the hour. I brought in a whole new report uh, entitled, entitled States Whose Unemployment Claims Are Increasing the Most. Uh, Then I'll just summarize and tell you Ohio's kind of in the middle, which I I find is often the case. But maybe next week we'll have a chance to go over it. New York Times, I brought all that stuff in, but once again, we just really don't have a great deal of time. Uh, But their first story says, COVID helps explain why Biden is unpopular. A failure to deliver. Shortly after taking office, President Biden called on the government to do better. We have to prove democracy still works, he told Congress. That our government still works and we can deliver for our people. Most Americans seem to believe Biden has not done so. 42% of Americans approve of his job performance, while 53% disapprove. Uh, In today's newsletter, I want to use COVID as a case study for how Biden failed to persuade Americans that the government delivered and instead cemented perceptions that it cannot. Polling suggests that COVID, not the chaotic U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, jump-started Biden's political problems. His approval rating began to drop in July, weeks before the withdrawal. I wish I had more time to share more of this with you. But uh, that's that's just the way it is. What do you have planned for the weekend? Uh, Well, it's Mother's Day weekend. Another reminder for that. So I'm sure we'll get together and do something with Mom. 
And uh, let's see, if the rain holds off, I've got grass cutting to do, too. How much uh, yard do you do? Trimming? I've got a few acres to okay. cut. So I know you have a few lots to cut down there. So uh, I'll be of. doing some of that, some trimming around the house, uh, usual cleaning things inside the house. And uh, I'll just probably stick around watching the NBA playoffs. I'm going to watch the Reds win all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I like to watch uh, the regional coverage of games around Major League Baseball, too. So it'll be a lot of that. And the NBA playoffs are heating up now, too. And I enjoy watching those playoff games now because they go at it in the playoffs. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's hope the weather cooperates and allows all of us to get those kind of chores done. And uh, But even if it doesn't, please enjoy Mother's Day and make make them feel special. Yes, happy Mother's Day. To In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A sell-off on Wall Street. The Dow is down 470 points after the Labor Department released what analysts consider a solid jobs report for the month of April. Bank rates Mark Hamrick. In a nutshell, the number of jobs added at 428,000 is in line with expectations. Many economists thought the jobless rate would slip to 3.5%. Instead, it remained at 36 most gains were in leisure and hospitality, manufacturing, and transportation and warehousing. The numbers come on the heels of a dreadful day for the markets. The Dow marked its worst day since 2020. This week's leak of a draft opinion.